In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. How you doing, Rob? <laughs> good. It's good. It's good talking with you guys. Two of my favorite people. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. So nice. Nice of you to say that. You you're, don't mean you're, that. You're a ray of sunshine in our cloudy week. <laughs> I'm to, it depends. Roof closed. Roof open. I mean, it's, I. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, no, but sincerely, I always look forward to listen. The uh, the, the Red Sox may be uh, dunsky, but. Uh, at least uh, I, I can look forward to them playing the Blue Jays to talk to you guys. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, Blue Jays may be done. Blue Jays may be, <laughs> may be Dunsky, too. <laughs> be quite honest. I, I don't know. They, look at you guys might be back in the race after this oh. sucker's done. You never know. You can never say never. Yeah. Um, well. Hey, you know what? I don't want to spend the whole segment talking about Heim Bloom, but... Let's spend a lot of it talking about <laughs> about Hein Bloom because um, you know, look, I, it's not the way they've had awful luck with pitching. I love the lineup. I mean, I understand that you know Xander Bogarts is in San Diego. My, I'm led to believe, Rob. I could be wrong. I'm led to believe that the farm system is 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 pretty robust right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this just one of those things where somebody had to pay because they're tied for last place or? Is there something a little deeper than that? I think it's a combination of things. I think that sort of the, the potential of promise, which is was the, the narrative that we've been living with for a long time, and, and you take the good smattering of good every once in a while, and, and there has been a lot of good. But the potential of promise was overwhelmed by the present. And what the present was was, you know, you have another trade deadline where it didn't go well. I mean, when I say it didn't go well, you have two straight Augusts where you go 12 and 16, and this one you go 13 and 15. But more importantly, you're right there to get into what is a very flawed American league, and you go the other way. And it goes, to me, guys, it goes back to that Toronto series at Fenway in early August where the Red Sox ran out relievers in 20 of the 27 innings. Like, that's that was either the Red Sox could have been a game up. Instead, they were five games back, and you're, you're crawling uphill the rest of the month. So that didn't go well. Um, and then a big part of this, too, I think that, like I talked about the present, the worst thing that this ownership group wants is apathy. This ownership group, going back to 2002, they have done everything they can to stiff-arm that word and stiff-arm that feeling. But the problem is, when you're selling secondary market tickets for a dollar for a Red Sox-Yankees games, that, that's not a good sign. And when the Dodgers fans comes in and takes over Fenway Park with the sort of passion that you used to have, that's not going the right way. And I think that this is all of this is the reason why I think they just looked at it and said, 
this isn't good enough in the present for us to just uh, push everything aside and, and say, oh, well, it's, it's going to be good in 2025. Rob, I, on the outside looking in, if, if they bring Justin Turner back, if Devers stays healthy, if Trevor Story could play shortstop, if they can go out and Tristan Casas, absolutely, give him a opportunity to work through whatever that was, and he's got 24 big ones, so you got your first baseman. It, they can go out and buy a pitching. Like, they're not far away from being the Red Sox again, are they? No, they're not. And, and but here's here's the thing, and, and this might have also played into the Heim Bloom decision, is that the one of the one of the flaws with Heim's tenure, and he did a lot of good things, but one of the flaws was that you did not, you were not willing to get uncomfortable in the free agent market for the most part, and and in trades for the most part. And in order to get that pitching that you're talking about. That's what you're going to have to do. I mean, it starts with Yamamoto, right? Everyone talks about this guy, yeah. and rightfully so. But in order to in order to to win that, you are going to have to go against the big boys when it comes to the spending in Major League Baseball. And that the track record so far was they were going to stick to their models and not go too far above it. I, I mean, there's plenty of examples, and you know, you look at Zach Eflin, for instance. Well, they they say they offered the same amount for him. But the problem was you knew the guy was from Orlando and you knew there was a tax situation. So you got to pay more. Well, that's mm-hmm. it. You're the Boston Red Sox. Pay more. Nathan Avaldi, he comes back. He wants the same deal you offered at the beginning. Who cares if you what you spent on these other guys? If you want the guy, pay more. And I think that was the constant theme. And that's what I don't know if they were super confident in getting those pitches like they're going to have to if that was going to happen. Rob, do you think that there is a growing level of concern about the Red Sox ability to manage a big payroll team in Major League Baseball and also manage Liverpool, a big team in the Premier League, a sport that, I mean, has gone crazy now because you've got teams based in Saudi Arabia and Qatar and Kuwait that are spending, you know, tons of money. I mean, beyond 210 million euros to a team just to have the chance to sign a guy. Then you got to sit down and negotiate terms with him. Is is there any concern that maybe that's just kind of dwarfing uh, the Red Sox uh, situation? By the way, I'm glad that I watched rewatched the Sunderland Till I Die documentary in Netflix <laughs> to prepare for this interview. Uh, so I know anything about soccer. Um, but I, I will say this is that it's a good question. Um, I don't think so. I think that, you know, they still spend money. I mean, they, they still spend a lot of money this year. They spent money in the offseason. But here's the problem is that, you know, it comes back to the apathy. It comes back to the business model that this was, this was going the other way. And, and yeah, you want to be a big market team, but if you have number one apathy in the stands, but also in terms of sponsorships, you're not getting the, the juice that you had before, they can see that. And so when did John Henry raise his head up and, and pay attention enough to, to say, Heim Bloom, you're out? I don't know if it was because all of a sudden people started doing screenshots of the dollar ticket you can buy for the Red Sox Yankees game, or if he just started saying that, to your point, Hey, you know, we got to make this work a little bit better financially if we're going to do what we've always done, which is pay money to get players. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so right now, to answer your question, I don't think that that's, that's a worry, but, you know, they're going to have to get things right 
in, in order to, to keep this sort of going. Rob, where do you think Chris Sale ends up? Is he going to be a starter or a back end of the bullpen guy sooner than later? You know, I think he'll be a starter, but it's interesting. Somebody somebody mentioned this to me yesterday. Was you know, hey, you listen, and I think it was. I want to give credit. I think it was Julie McWilliams of the Globe. He's like, you know, he should have a conversation with Eckersley because, mm-hmm. like, th- this guy is not working yeah. out as a starter. And, and you know, you could have a really good rest of your career potentially as that guy. Now, that's a big leap, and I don't think he's ready to do that. Uh, so I, I do think that he's going to be a starter. Now, the problem is, is that he lumps in with a bunch of their guys after Brian Bayo, a guy you didn't see tonight, he was really good. After that, you have a lot of maybes. You know, you have a lot of, yeah, you know, Chris Sale might be good. He went on a good run earlier this year. You have Tanner Houck might be good, might be able to get to the third time through the order. Um, you have a lot of that. And, and that's, that's what makes our conversation so important before, which is if you want to be competitive in this division next year, no doubt about it. You have to get at least like one, probably two guys who you absolutely know can pitch six innings. I know it's asking a lot. Just get a guy who can pitch six innings. And right now, I don't know if you can count Chris Sale as one of those guys. Rob, when did Tristan Casas go from being the dude who was like walking around in the field and bare feet before the game and doing <laughs> yoga and painting his nails and all that stuff to, you know, uh, 24 first, homers, 24 homers, first <laughs> yeah. in OPS among rookies, second wow. in home runs are, 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 are among rookies. When did that happen? How did that happen? Well, he's still that other guy that you mentioned. I mean, he's literally, he, I would not, I don't know what the weather's like up there right now, but typically you would see Tristan Cassis outside the park walking down the sidewalk shirtless. Like we've seen that numerous times just randomly. <laughs> so, awesome. so uh, and, and, and I should also know Joe Castiglione, our, our, our uh, great broadcaster has a bet where if Tristan Cassis hits one more home run. He has to get his uh, fingernails painted by Tristan Cassis. Okay. <laughs> so we, we can all look forward to that. Um, but he's a, listen, I mean, he's, he's, he, he's a def- definitive uh, guy example of a guy who if you give time he's going to figure it out and, and a lot of comparison has been made to Pedroia hmm. because Pedroia you remember 2007 oh, yeah. you know he hit under 200 for that first month and then he goes on to win rookie of the year it took Cassis a little bit longer but you know I talked to Pedroia about this because he's been obviously paying attention and he, and he just said the, the mindset that he explained that he had linked up perfectly with Cassis, which is if you want to do this, you have to adjust it pitch to pitch, not week to week, but pitch to pitch. And Cassis is really good at that. As, as Trevor Story shortstop, I mentioned that if he could play shortstop, can he every day? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, he's, but we forget how he's, he's a good shortstop. He really is. And we forget because he had no arm, you know, before, <laughs> for a couple of years there in Colorado. And then he played second, but he's an athletic guy. He, and this is the first time I've seen him play shortstop this much, and I can tell you he's been really good defensively. Offensively, he's been a little bit behind the curve, but but I do feel like that's an area they don't have to worry about. I mean, of all the things, that they, and they've they're been a bad defensive team all year long in large part because they haven't had stability at shortstop, but I, I do think he's more part of the solution than the problem. Now, he's going to have the price tag always affixed to him, but still, I mean, it's they got other things to worry about than Trevor Story. Rob, listen, really good of you checking in today with us. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. You're as the best, always, buddy. Thank you. 
Hey, guys, you're, you're, you, listen, I hope that your days are, are filled with sunshine. And I, I have, I do think the Blue Jays will be okay. I know that your guys are not a heart of it. I'm saying the Blue Jays are going to be okay in part because they're playing the Red Sox this weekend. Oh, so man. Yeah, and I was about to say I don't think they got a chance in hell because they're playing <laughs> against a team in the AL East. But <laughs> one of those two things at the end of the weekend, Rob, one of us is going to be proven accurate because you know one thing, they're not split in this series. Nope. No. <laughs> Science would suggest that it's true. Yes, <laughs> yes. Take care, Rob. Thanks Thank for this, man. You. All right, guys. See you. All right. See that's you. Rob Bradford of WEI, the Bradfoe Show.